The Edinburgh Football Podcast is brought to you in association with Nicholson Joiner Limited. Yes, welcome to the Edinburgh Football Podcast. What well, like that uh, that social media tweet that went around, Cal, that video, it's it's Derby Day. Remember that? Have you seen, seen that one? It's like a harsh fan from a wee while ago. It's Derby Week. Uh, and it, well, Derby Week keeps coming because we had the, the North Ember Derby last week, of course, and then it's supposed the big Ember Derby this week. So uh Good, good, good podcast potentially here, Cal. Although we've not got a Hearts perspective. <laughs> no, no. Um, buyers again, just dereliction of duty. I would say mm-hmm. for, for the podcast this year, he's no. It's just not been not been good enough from him. Uh, <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully, uh, I don't know how long the bowling season lasts, but surely. With the nights drawing in and the weather turning, it'll not be much longer. Uh, I don't think he plays indoors, so we should be up to three for uh, large parts going on. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it's a two, two heavyweights in anyway to, to keep us sticking over that. So, <laughs> Cal, before we get on to Edinburgh stuff, um, obviously, of course, you're at the big game last Saturday, um, the Scotland game. Three day, three games in in uh, six days. For, for Scotland, but you know, we've spoken about Scotland briefly in the past as big Scotland fans, and I'm sure most of the listeners will be as well. He's starting to get a little bit of playoff fever again. Big result on Tuesday night, isn't it? Ah, massive. I think I think what you've got to look at is you know, we started this round of fixtures in second, we finished it in second, and that's that's all we can do. You know, um great result away. Should have been better, probably, maybe, you know, definitely had chances. It, it said a lot that Craig Gordon wasn't called into action until the 80th minute. And even, I mean, it was a great save, but, you know, um, but that says a lot about guys like Grant Hanley and Jack Kendry written off. But I mean, ha- Grant Hanley for the Scotland team has been phenomenal for the past six or seven internationals. Like, And yeah. I, I used to hate him. Like, honestly, I used to think he was awful. Um, so... Like fair play, and you know, like well done to Steve Clark. There was a lot of people questioning the start in Denmark, but I think, look, like there's still a young team there, and yeah. a lot of players. Like you know, we were missing a couple of players for the Denmark game. You know, John McGinn didn't go, and I think going forwards, I'm really excited by Parson. Hopefully, he can get some more first team football. And you know, obviously, Gilmore in the middle of parts just, just a. Like, I think you hit the nail on the head there. This is a this is a really young. It's like a lot of these players have maybe got, on the majority of this this squad, they've probably got a good number of campaigns left in them. And I think, yeah. I think you're I think you're right when you when you mention likes of Grant Hanley written off a lot, but it just shows you a position much like a goalkeeper. Setter halves they do mature, they get better with age, so. The likes of people that are writing off maybe young centre-halves in Scotland right now, give them time. What are they going to be like when they're at 27, 28? Don't maybe judge them at 20, 21 with the mistakes that they make. Um, you look at John Souter, Calm going back when he played for, played what well, maybe it was one of his first games for Scotland. He gets a straight red card away to Israel, I think. Was that right? Going back a while ago. Harsh. It was harsh, but it was one of his early caps anyway. Don't judge guys on, on one game or don't judge them at, at that age. Judge them and when they're 26, 27, and they've got more experience. So well, a lot a lot to get excited by. Um, and what I like about as well, Callum, and I think Steve Clark mentioned it as well, you know, Paul McGinn, Hibbs, Nisbet, Hibbs, O'Donnell, Motherwell, uh, Gordon at Hearts, 
there's sprinklings there of, of players that are playing in the Scottish Premier's, Premier League. And, and I like to see that. I do. I lose Ferguson coming on as well, of course. Dick Gallagher on the bench. So it's good. It's, 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 it's not just looking at, right, who's got a, a Scottish granny and is playing for Ipswich or something. You know what I mean? You know, your, your Matt Riches and whatever, you know, give these guys half a pint of tenants and all of a sudden they're singing the national anthem. You know, it's, it's good to see that we're, we're looking inwards uh, and the quality in Scottish football is a lot higher than a lot of people give us credit for. So I, I, I think that these guys came on, you know, Paul McGinn, was, a lot of people slated them before he'd even kicked the ball. Uh, was he the right choice? Steve Clark admitted that... The audacity he, of this guy talking right now. A lot of people slating him before he got <laughs> What was your message in the group chat? He's added a total of zero on his transfer way. Transfer fee. He's still zero pounds. Let's be honest, Paul McGinn's not worth a lot of money, but at no point did I think that he was going to be awful. Uh, but no, steady, steady. He came on and he did a job. I'll be honest, in there terrified in case he did sell the case, but I think you've got to look at it from a Scotland point of view. Uh, Liam Palmer was, um, family reasons was it, Ralston was injured, so it, it did look to go a different way. Paul McGinn did like a COVID test, ridiculous time, and, you know, called up, played a part in a huge victory. So, well done, well done. He might not get into another squad, but who, who cares? He's done, he's yep. done his part. Absolutely, okay. Right. Um, should we make? We'll, we'll do the we'll do the prediction bit at the end of the update of results before we get our predictions. Calm. Let's get stuck in. Um, we mentioned a couple of those players already that are going to feature this Sunday. Um, has there been? Of course, I think this, the 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 season of coaching hearts out the league. Uh, you know, it's not going to had a derby for some time, and we're heads and hearts both are in the league. Calm. It's really made this game this weekend a a. Pro, a a proper derby, if you know what I mean. Both teams at the top of the league, uh, unbeaten starts. Something's got to give this weekend. Um, has there been a more hyped derby than this? Well, aye, of course there has, but for, for, for a while. Yeah, for a while, for a while. There has, but I'm not going to mention it. Uh, no, I, think, no. I think the Hearts fans listening can infer I'm in for a while. I'm in for a while. <laughs> uh, but realistically, because... We've had the pandemic. No one's been able to get into stadiums because, you know, Hearts were demoted last season. Like, there's so much... And even the derby last season, which would have been what a spectacle, you know, it loses a lot with fans not being there. The fact that the first game... Uh, sorry, the first derby, we've got fans back. It's been, what, 19 months since we had fans in at a derby. This is going to be an absolute occasion of... Ah, it's going to be fantastic to see. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah. at the same time, I'm thinking, is it going to be one of those classic Edinburgh derbies where it's blood and guts for the first 10, 20 minutes. There's a couple of cards dished out. There might be a few chances. No one takes anything. And then it just dire for the absolute <laughs> And both teams, because I think, I think both teams will be sitting there looking at the table and going, you know, a point's not a bad result. We've had a right good start. We'll take that. We can keep going. Um, and I think it'll play on the both sides' minds that the, the longer the game goes on, especially if it's going, that neither of them will want to lose this game rather than go and try and win it. 
I think you're right there, Carl. I think you're bang on. Those two points you made, like the first one, speaking about crowds, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted um, that Hibs and Hearts, we, we didn't have to encounter a derby with, with, with no fans. And of course, there was one at hand, and I know that last season, but because um, I watched that, you know, on Twitter and things, and it was, uh, I think Rangers were putting up goals that they scored against Celtic last season. It was Morelos' goal, actually. And you, know, you hear the celebration and there's just nothing. And I think you forget that, that you know, watching the games on TV, you've got the fake crowd noise that come through. So you, but you realise that when you're at the game, a goal's been scored in the derby and it's just like a ripple of applause. There's nothing there. It just doesn't, it just doesn't feel the same. So I think the added, you know, full house, that's just going to be incredible. That's going to make that what an atmosphere at Tyne Castle on Sunday. Um, and your second point there, I, I think you're bang on. I think both... Maybe in dressing rooms, I think it's, uh, yeah, you know what, a point probably isn't actually bad. Um, <laughs> it keeps the unbeaten start going and it's like nothing nothing really lost. Of course, fans want the bragging rights. Of course, I think both teams will want to win the game. But actually, um, I don't think a draw for either team is, is a necessarily a bad result, to be honest with you. No, I think um, just before we go on, another point I want to make is it's great to see the grown-up club in Edinburgh are able to accommodate away fans instead of the absolute nonsense that you get through in Glasgow because there is something so pure about an Edinburgh derby where you've got the away end and I've always loved Hibs and Hearts haven't sank to petty squabbles and have always given a full allocation. I think the only one that I can remember where Hearts allocation was cut was when the stand was and the Hearts fans that were there would not complain about that because I think that was David Abuas. That's a, that's yeah, that's that's uh, circumstance. You know, that's just circumstantial based on the fact that Hibs were getting their main stand when they're not going to give Hearts almost a, you know a huge percentage. But yeah, you're right, Gal. Full away support as well. It, it makes it. It absolutely makes it. Um, okay, let's take it from Hibs pers- perspective then. Um, good start, you know, or decent enough start. I still think Hibs are probably two points behind schedule. I mentioned that before. But go into the game in relative confidence, I would say, after the, the win against Livingston, an international break. Hibs, how do Hibs set up then on, on, on Saturday? Is it going to be uh, on Sunday? Is it going to be just a, a 4-3-3? Is Jamie Murphy back fit to play this game? How, can you, how do you see Hibs setting up? Well, I think I think if Murphy's fit, if Hanlon's fit, and if Joe Newell's fit, then yeah, it will be the the four three three that that has been seen already in the sort of triangle in midfield where McGinnis will sit at the top. You've got Doyle Hayes and Newell, and then your wide men as Boyle and Murphy win this bit up top. So I think that that's what Hibs would like to play if everyone's available. If not, you know, you might see uh, baptism of fire for Daniel McKay. Uh, he might come in uh, definitely a naturally wide player but I think Hibs have looked to go the 4-3-3 I would be surprised if there was any major changes unless I do sorry excuse me unless they were in fourth by injury you know I, I can't see Hibs going yeah like maybe I can't even see like Scott Allen coming in or Drake something like that it's, unless unless there's injuries that's that's the only thing that would 
like Jamie Gullen starting or something like that. Yeah, I don't know how that came. As I could, uh, you mentioned two names there, you know, Dre Wright and uh, Scott Allen. Just to quickly cut in there, you know, the transfer window shut <laughs> last week, um, and there was reports of a, of a late kind of bid that Hibs made for St Mirren boy McGrath, and mentioned maybe giving them Allen and Dre Wright. Are you concerned that those rumours are, are were true? And that concerns me if true, and it's known that if Scott and Dre Wright were told that oh, look, we're going to use you to to bring in McGrath. I'm a bit concerned with that, with the, with the kind of the size of squad that Ebbs have got. I'm concerned that those two, like, that cause a bit of unrest, or do you think it's a nothing? It's, well, I think I think you've got to look at it, and both players will be sitting there going, "Hold on, mm. um, Alan." For me, you know, Ebbs are tweeting today. You know, the last time we went to Tiny, Scott Allen to assist, but he's getting used as a pawn to bring in Jamie McGrath, a, a guy that Ebbs can sign for nothing in January. For me, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. If I was Scott Allen, it would leave a bad taste in my mouth. Um, if I were right, I would thank my little stars. But yeah, it's <clears throat> Scott Allen. If if he's fit, he needs to be given a reason why he's not playing because he's arguably the best player at Hibernian. I think the pro. I think. I think the. Oh yeah, I know. I know. I, I think maybe Jack Ross. I'm thinking likes players with energy. In, in the centre midfield, he wants players that can that can get about the park. Uh, maybe the formation lends itself to players that need to be up and down uh, the park. So that might be a reason. But I agree with you, Callum. He's the one player in that Hibs team, again, that is really going to create a chance out of nothing. But uh, you look at Hibs' away record under Jack Ross in the last maybe season and a little bit, it's, it's decent. So I don't see any reason why Hibs go there and make drastic formation changes. I know we have played with that kind of three at the back. Um, but I think this season so far, it really does look like it's that kind of 4-3-3, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not envisaging any major team Jack Ross. I think Jack Ross so far has always tried to play the game instead of the occasion. Uh, in terms of team selections, unlike, you know, well, to be fair, last time uh, home side was successful in the derby was when Neil Lennon changed his approach. At, at and Hibs got beat and it was mm. a shocker of a decision from him so I can't see Jack Ross changing too much mm. yeah no I, I, I agree with that um, the big players for, for Hibs Sunday if they're going to come out with three points who are the big performances what are the big tests that they're going to face from Hearts and we'll ask the same question when it comes from Hearts what are they going to have to do I think for me personally Callum I think Martin Boyle has to have a big game. I know he's done well for Australia again. Took his goal really well in that game against China. I think it was. He's going to have to have a big game. I think Nisbet is going to have to really stand up um, to the, the physicality uh, of the game. Certainly the centre-half, so Halkett, Suter, good, good centre-halves for me will be a test for Nisbet. Um, and it's going to be a test for Hibs centre-halves. Boys, uh, you know, that you look at that stat, we spoke about it. <laughs> The, the, the impact he's had and assists and goals. So it's going to have to be big, big games from, I'd say, Macy and, uh, and, and the two Hibs centre-halves. Is it going to be a midfield battle? I don't know. They're just four players. I think it's probably obvious shouts from me, but we're going to need big performances from those four or five players I've mentioned. Yeah, I think if Hibs are to win the game, I'm looking at, obviously, Martin Boyle is a, a key man. I think Jake Doyle, he's a bit of a... Bit of revelation this season, didn't really know 
that he had this quality. I think it's a big game for Kyle McInnes because he had that big chance at the semi-final that he fluffed. He was taken off early. It's a big, <clears throat> big game for him, really. But for me, one of the most important players on Sunday will be Ryan Pochis because someone, correct me if I'm wrong, but he has never won a derby as a like one that he's played in. Okay, so like Hibs have won derbies, but I'm ninety percent certain he's never been on the park and played any of them. Like injury has robbed him of the opportunity. Um, so for him, he has to play the game and not the cannot get dragged into anything and yeah. use himself. I think especially. Well, I mean, obviously Hearts don't have Uche anymore, but when Uche played, like Uche was able to play him. You know, and you, you look at Darren McGregor, the way that Darren McGregor played against Uche, dominated him. Uche got Porches basically like he ragdolled every other centre-half in the league. So for me, Ryan Porches, it's imperative that he plays the game on the occasion because I think he's been guilty of that in the past. I think you're right, and it, it goes back to what we spoke about, uh, and he was one of the players I was kind of hinting at at the very start of this podcast and speaking about Dan Hanley. Um, needs to mature in these type of games. It's the Rangers games, it's been the Hearts games, it's, it's a high-profile games that have play, the ones that, that are mainly on TV, that everyone watches, and because he's that Hibs fan, Calum, you've mentioned it several times, he gets drawn into that, I'm a Hibs fan too much, uh, and it's something that you've said all along, because, and I know I've seen him a lot, I know the quality he has, I think he's got the potential to have a really, really top career, but it's when you see him in these high-profile games, he just lacks. He just it kind of switches off, and that's going to cost him. Okay, right. That's from the the head's perspective. Hearts then. So I'll start to the season. They've had a, a tough start for me. You know, difficult away game against St. Mirren. Uh, the three points against Celtic really kick start started it. The, the draw against Aberdeen. Uh, great performance and victory over Dundee United. So a really solid start to the season. They'll be coming at this with a lot of confidence at home, full-time castle. I think there's a bit of a confidence to Hearts right now. I think they fancy themselves this Sunday, without question. I, I can completely understand why as well. You know, let's be honest. Exceeds expectations is the start that Hearts have had. They have been... Like, if you had asked even the most optimistic Hearts fan, they would not have said 10 points from their first four games. You know, they probably would have taken a point against Aberdeen, a point against Celtic, and then with Hearts away record in the top flight, if they could have got, like, four points from the two away games, they'd have taken that. For Hearts to be sitting with 10 points so far, it is very, very impressive. I think that this game, I think there's, there is a confidence, there is a swagger, um, certainly down Gogue and I think that, you know, that starts from the back. I know we're going to talk about the important like the important players in a minute, but what Craig Gordon gives Hearts at the back is such a springboard for everything else going forward. You know, they, you know, just if you sub in Zlamal, Pereira, Doyle, you're looking at that and going, the defence needs to be on top form. With Craig Gordon behind them, even if Suter misses something, you know, Craig Gordon invariably will bail them out. So the big thing for me, Cam, watching and, and sorry, sorry to interrupt, I'm speaking with Craig Gordon Cam, is you know, speaking as a kind of former goalkeeper at what you know level I played at, but I mean I watch goalkeepers, I, I like goalkeepers that are just a, a calming influence. You always get goalkeepers that can pull off 
you know, every goalie can pull off an unbelievable save. Everybody can do that. Um, is he the is he the best distributor of the ball? Probably not, Craig Gordon. But it's just he's a he's a calming influence. So you know, even that Moldova, that late kind of uh, not even late chance they had, but they put that late ball in the box, and he, Gordon just comes and collects it. It's not fancy. He just comes and collects it, eases pressure. So yeah, everyone speaks about the, the saves that Gordon makes, and yeah, they're, some of them are outstanding. Some of them I think he plays up for the cameras at times a little bit, which goalie doesn't, of course. But for me, Cam, it's just the the common influence that, that Craig Gordon has. And I think that's what, what, what sets him apart from a lot of goalkeepers. He just, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And that's what I look at at a goalkeeper first. You know, it's not the big saves, not how they distribute the ball. It's, it's how calm do they, do they make defenders around them. And that's what the big highlight's been for me for Craig Gordon so far. I think, like, I'm, I'm going to go off on a tangent, but we spoke about Scotland earlier. And what I remember being at Hamden in the... The 2006 when we beat France 1-0 and the ball goes into the box late in the game and Gordon catches it and then just drops to the deck and holds on and it's yeah. just exactly what you're talking about that common influence that he gives to that yeah. back let's be honest I've had to play in front of shambles of goalkeepers for the past two years so they're sitting they're jittery knowing that there's a mistake at the back alright so having Craig Gordon behind them is an absolute and you know, let's be honest. I think every Hibs fan can point to a sort of Craig Gordon moment and go, "That, you know, you know what I mean." Like, there's there's moments that, like, I, I'll always remember the the two all game where I still don't understand how he saved uh, Simon Brown's save. I, I, I genuinely, to this day, I don't understand it. But I, I mean, it's it's a very tough ask for Hibs to win this game. Jones header, was it, Cal? Sorry, I think you said Simon Brown. <laughs> what? Someone, who was it? I thought you said uh, Simon Brown there. Was, was it Rob Jones' header? Was it? Rob Jones' header. Why did I say Simon Brown? Because <laughs> he, 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 uh, probably because you watched that uh, derby, Dean Shields, when he scored that one. That got played, I'm sure. And Simon Brown was let the ball go in from a free kick. Uh, it's it's, 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 it's yeah. post and then it just drops in. The header uh, like, uh, no, the, uh, yeah, Cam, but this, Rob Jones' header, a cross goal, top corner, and he tips it. Uh, tips it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's take Hearts then. So they've come into, yeah. What do Hearts do? So I think Hibs have been very steady in their in their formation. Hearts have been relatively the same. It's been been able to kind of pick mainly the sort of big hitters for Hearts. Hasn't been loads of changes that uh, here and there. You know, Janelli started, then he's been on the bench sometimes, but. What do Hearts go? Do they, do they match up? Do they, do they kind of go a 4 3 3? Because I've seen that. It's been like there at times. They kind of feel like a more of maybe a 4 5 1 with two wide players supporting boys. What do Hearts, how do you see Hearts setting up? Is, is it Haring? Their midfield three is interesting for me. What do they do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they'll look to go 4 2 3 1. I know yeah. that that's preferred formation. I think it'll be Woodburn off boys um, because, you know, it made his debut pretty quick. Obviously, went away with Wales. Um, he didn't play against Antonia, but I'm sure he got minutes against uh, Belarus and that. So he's going to be an interesting prospect. I think that you've got, you know, probably uh, Gary McKay Stephen on one wing, uh, maybe Janelli on the other, but they might keep Janelli. Uh, him come on. Obviously, signing a Barry McKay this week. I'd be very surprised if he started the game purely because surely he's not match fit. Yeah, uh, I, I would. I would be surprised if involved in any way I can maybe he'll be 
um, amongst the subs. But I'd be surprised if if he was fit enough to come on and, and do it because he's he's obviously not had a proper preseason. He's not trained for months. So yeah. that's that best one for me. But I mean, I think Ben's picks itself, um, or it could even be. Just as I've said that, Hearts that, would go. So there's that question. Sorry, just you know probably more than me. I, I've seen Hearts a couple of times. How do they work in this? Because I really like the boy Cochrane, but obviously Kingsley is is a is a really good player as well. So how have they been working in that combination? It's sort of been the three. So Cochrane has sort of been doing a Kieran Tierney for Scotland role, right? And then Halkett, and you've got Smith and Kingsley, mm. and you've got three, and then sort of Gary Casty just off. Boys, but sort of shifts it for you know to go to maybe a three five two or a four five one or whatever. So I mean, it, there's a little bit of fluidity. I think the the centre midfield for Hearts is definitely going to be interesting. Uh, going looking ahead to this game because Beningame will definitely start 100. Yeah. That he's been one of the stars of the season so far. Yeah, alongside him. No, or does do two players play alongside him? But I mean, you're looking at Harry, you're looking at Halliday, and you're going, Andy Halliday is one of those things where he could play and he could have a blinder, or he could just let the occasion get them because he, like you saw what it was like when they beat Celtic and there was no fans in, you know. And I'm sure that Andy Halliday is aware of the songs that Hibs fans sing about him. So he's he's going to be up for this game. I think that depending on Hearts put in with Beningame, then that could be that could be a game changer. Because I mean Halliday's first tackle could be ridiculous. Yeah, it's an interesting one because it's that midfield three against Hibbs midfield three. If we think Hibbs midfield three is going to be Newell, Doyle Hayes, and McGuinness, that's a very different midfield three to Beningame, Haring, and Halliday. Two, you know, I think any pleasure to admit, two very differing styles of sitting in midfield. What will uh, what will come out on top if that is the three? Is it the the is it the bro- what's it the bronze v the bronze? Is, is that what the what the, uh, the saying is? Is that what the the saying? So it's uh, interesting. You've got the kind of strength, the physicality of that arch midfield three against the more. I mean, I, honestly, I, more kind of football, the more the more football and mindset. I, as I've said, I, I don't want to get drawn into this and like come across like you know. Someone, I mean, to be fair, we, we slide them off the other week, so we'll do it again um, this week with like just with ingest. But you know, Tam McManus, like in the lazy stereotype, Hearts are a big physical team. You know, like yes, they've had like I mean, but they say that constantly about them. I think it's just lazy. I think yeah. that they've players in there that can play. So yeah. the boys yes. in is literally uh, unbelievable at retrieving. The ball, so I think that he's definitely interesting. I mean, I would say that Halliday is just physical and he's useless, but I've said that all throughout the podcast, so that's not just picking on Andy Halliday. I think that Peter Haring can play a little bit, but like I say, I think that there are a little bit of different styles I would agree with, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know that tight pitch at Tincastle. If you've got someone snapping at you, the chances of you getting the time and the space to play the ball about like Hibs have done. Like against your Ross Counties, etc., at Easter Road, you know, it's a completely different game. So we'll see. We'll see. 
<laughs> yeah. Although does Hardy go right back in your uh, good boots, Callum? Listen to his the podcast. He's on a weekly basis, open goal, and he he mentioned about the, the Colts sides and how playing against some of the big teams in the lower league like East Kilbride and Civil Service is what he dropped in. The only two teams that he mentioned. So does it go right back into your good boots now? But he's he's on a quick scope of the table and gone right. I need to pick one of these nonsense teams to say it is fit civil. He does I <laughs> right. He does the care is. In Lowland League, for his Highland League, the f- uh, I'm not having that at all. I'm not having that at all. He's he's looked at that. First of all, he's gone East Kilbride is a big team, so he clearly knows. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think did he not maybe did, maybe maybe did he play against civil service preseason? Maybe that's why they were he talking. Did, um, one of one of the highlights of watching that game was uh, seeing Clappy nutmeg him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right on to on to Hearts then. Cammy Devlin could he? Push himself into a start? Maybe. Could it interest you? Right, so who are the big players for who are the big players for, for Hearts then? Um I forgot what, they, what, do, what do they what do they need to do to to to, to win this game? We spoke about what Hibs threats are, so is it you've got to think their left back's got to have a good game. If Boyle turns up, they've got to keep yeah. him quiet. Um obviously Nisbet Nisbet is you know one of the you know top strikers in the league, so you've got to think big games from Gordon Suter and uh, and Halkett, I would think, and uh, yeah, what, what do you think? How do Hearts uh, win this game? I think you've got to look at um, Gordon. Will give them a massive confidence boost. I mean, I know I'm saying it again, but he will be. I've I've yet to see him really have a stinker, so he. He for him to have a good game, I think that that stands hearts in good stead. Looking at it, um, you've got to look for big games from Gary McKay Stephen. Now his record against Hibs uh, when he was at Aberdeen was something frightening, absolutely ridiculous. I think it was. Um, I think he scored like eight goals from open play, and six of them were against Hibs or something, something stupid like that. So, yeah. Um, He's, I think, like, Gary McCaskill, I mean, you look at the obvious ones, obviously Liam Boyce has got to do well because he's probably lead the line by himself. Ben Woodburn, this is, again, he's never played a game like this. Ben Ingemi's never played in a game like this. So I think that you've got to look at, you know, same with Kyle McGuinness, same with Jake Doyle Hayes. They have not played in games like this because um, mm. it's the best RB in world football. Hibs goalies in the past have had to go to Tinkass and really stand up. Matt Macy probably never played in an environment like this Absolutely. on the same token. Right, Absolutely. right in the, you know, right. You spoke about how important Craig Gordon is. Equally, Matt Macy's going to have to have a big game. He'll have never played in a, a, a big game. Although, remember, Eves McAlamby had, had an absolute belter on his first Hibs Hearts game at Tide Castle, but uh, less said the better. <laughs> McAlamby, it was like he had um, Inspector Gadget's extendable arms. Because he was like standing on the goal line and he was catching balls at the eighteen yard box. It was ridiculous. I think it was the last time. Uh, no, we realistically, you're looking at Hearts. You're looking obviously the big names you expect. Like Suter has to play well to keep Nisbet quiet. I think Boyce up top has got a job on him because you don't know if Hearts are going to go two up top if they're going to have boys off him. He might have to hold the ball up for relief. Who knows? So yeah. I mean, Woodburn again. I think that. He's got the ability to thrive in this, but it's, it could be off. But like, I mean, some players struggle in in the heat of the game. Yeah, so, listen, absolutely. 
likes of you know Josh Doig as well. Never played yeah. a game a derby like this, so it's really well set up, Cam. We've spoke a lot so far about it. It is, but it's exciting because it's, it's. I think it's the most eagerly anticipated derby. I think where Hibs and Hearts both are after we spoke about it. Now fans back in, uh, incredible. I, I don't want to give the prediction right now. We can have a, a taster, but uh, I'm never confident going to Tynecastle. Um, and I'm just, I think that I, I'm just, I know that Tammy Manis has done his best. And I'm like, and as soon as he wrote that article, I just shoot my head and go, why have you said that? And I know he's trying to say things again this week. Um, how many times have you been here, calm and sat there and Hibs have, Hibs have had the, maybe the better team or been in a better form and got to Tynecastle or any derby, to be honest, and come away with nothing? I've kind of got that little feeling in my stomach again, if I'm quite honest with you. I think I think um, before before my prediction, which you know, if, if I stick with what it's in my head, I've had it nailed on for the last two days. Um, I, I don't know. I'm honestly sitting here and well, I don't know. I, I, I just Hibs Hibs and big games and you know Jack Ross Hamden last year, etc. There's there's been moments where Hibs have been found wanting and I think that this could be one of those days on Sunday. That, that's me saying that now. You speak to me on Russell Road at 11.30 on Sunday morning, I will give you a completely different... <laughs> All is <laughs> I will tell you that right now. It will, there will be nothing about um, Hibs not performing. I will be expecting, you know, to see 7-0 again or something, but no, <laughs> I don't know if that'll be the drink or the overconfidence, you know, it's but... Uh, no, super. Uh, really looking forward to this one. Um, and I think regardless, you know, both teams, I think, can be, can be proud of their starts, you know, and I think it's a really good start. It's good to see both Edinburgh sides right back up there in, in a full house um, come Sunday so there we are right on to I think we're going to go Lone League now Callum actually we're going to mix it up normally just because there's been Lone League action over the past uh, week or so and I'm actually going to start Edinburgh Uni I think it's important that we start there because last Tuesday night we did the podcast we in a way it can kind of be sometimes with Edinburgh Uni that it's the oh hi and Edinburgh Uni are playing tonight and I think that's I know it can be sometimes harsh, but it's where they are in the league and it can be difficult at times. But on Tuesday night, when we logged into Twitter, when the full-time result came through and they had that unbelievable three points, um, first win of the season, they then backed that up with a quite incredible draw, which I think will probably feel almost like a defeat at the weekend. But four points in a week, what a week to be involved at Ember Uni. It puts them third bottom now. They're, you know, there's clear daylight now between them and bottom of the league. It's it's looking rosy down at uh, Hill. Yeah, I mean, honestly, to that that win four uh, 0 down at Gretna is something special. Let's be honest, you. We've we've done this podcast for a few years, and Edinburgh Uni wins few and far, um, so few and few and far between. So, yeah, for, for a result like that in a game against a team that is around them, that is a phenomenal result. That is an absolute get it up here to mm-hmm. 
fantastic. You can't beat it. No, um, <laughs> honestly, um, I was sitting, I was sitting in the boozer in Glasgow before the Scotland game on Saturday. I was like, that can't be the score because every time I checked my phone, it would be like, we've taken the lead, and Sterling have equalised. We've taken, <laughs> the lead. and Sterling have equalised, and it was just, um, you know, madness. What game uh, to be at if uh, been available? But four, four each against Sterling. It's another sort of battling performance that when at the start of the season when I was saying I don't want to be sitting here praising the uni battling performances when they're not picking up points I want to be sitting here praising battling performances when they have picked up points and that's exactly what's happened there and four points from a week is a great return six points off uh, sorry uh, clear Vale leaving they've got Gretna to play at home they've still got to play Vale twice Edinburgh Uni safe again safe again already I, I know I said it a couple of weeks ago but that's a great return you've got the boy in his loss in squad he's young hungry so I mean that's good to see the I try really, I think is he on loan from Hibs I think he might be on loan from Hibs or he may have been at Hibs no he was at Hibs yeah now, I, uh, I really I actually really liked uh, the look of him played off um, Big Ladder uh, Front his name has just totally escaped me but um, imagine the I really liked him. Spearman, that's the one, yeah. The magic man, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but and something I mentioned, and, and actually, you know, the great result, 4-0, the big thing for me, the big tick is the clean sheet there. I know they then backed it up with conceded four against still in uni. However, the start of the season, I was confident that Edinburgh Uni would score more goals this season. And we spoke about that, and it was keeping the goal, keeping the goals. It's kind of been a bit of a reverse this season. So that clean sheet will really have pleased Dorian. I know that. He's probably said the importance of backing that clean sheet up and then they're going to get four. But I think you made a really good point, Cal, um, in that they battled away for a point. I know they took the lead and I know that would maybe feel a little bit maybe like a defeat or two points dropped, but they could easily concede another and they lose 5-4 and it's a, it's a horror one. Do you know what I mean? So they battled away with a point and I know you made a great point. You don't want to be praising them for battling away and picking up nothing. Where they battled away and they scored four goals and they claimed a point. Massive week. Really proud of the boys that pay for all and well done. Um, I'm conscious that we've, we've kind of spoke a lot and we've still got a lot to get through. Harry, what I spoke about? There's a big derby this weekend. Well, still another big derby. Another little uni derby here. One that doesn't come up very often in a Saturday fixture comes up, of course, in a Wednesday fixture. Um, but Harry, what against uni in the South Challenge. So this South is an South Challenge. Yeah, South Challenge. So interesting little test. They won't want to give bragging rights to Harriet Watt for, for, for this. So good good little game, this. I, I, I would think that this, this has to be the uni by a couple of goals here. This has to, well, sorry, Edinburgh uni by a couple of goals here because, you know, they're, what, four leagues above Harriet Watt here. I think that, you know, this has to be a good one. In fairness to Harriet Watt, I remember playing them um, when I was at Spartans, a new friendly, towards the end of the season, actually, just when those kind of, when cup games start getting and you end up getting three weeks and all that, and it seems madness when other teams are idle, just get them out of the way, but you know. Uh, and then I think about two weeks later, after playing them, one of their strikers, I think Anton Downs, went and signed a pre-contract with someone, or he signed for his fight, I think, after, about two weeks after. So there is always, you know, I think that's happened a few times with players at Harriet Watt, I think, in the past. So, there is good players that go to Harriet Watt, so I think this will be a, maybe a, a little bit tougher than 
than some may look out. But I still would you'd think with the opposition that Uni play regularly compared to what Heriot Rock play regularly, you'd think that that would give Ember Uni a bit more of an advantage. But um, no, I think it's a, a good a good game. Uh, but a great week. So hopefully that that, that continues for, for Uni. Big statement. Calm says that's some safe already, but. I think a few would argue against that now. Um, right, let's go civil and Spartans then. So, unfortunately, <coughs> incredible. Can't believe we, none of us were there to, to see a game. We've always been to see. Unfortunately, you know, Callum was at the Scotland game. I was. I had a van booked. I had to move house basically that day. I had to do the big, the big move uh, stuff. So, I wasn't able to be there. But I've had a, a neutrals report back. So uh, as often I've got, you know, we've got contacts at both teams and it's quite funny seeing all three different perspectives. I think civil perspective would be they think they deserve more of the game. I think Spartans perspective is they thoroughly deserve the three points. Neutral's point of view was limited goal mouth action, pretty, you know, midfield battle, quite a tight game. Um, any of the results could easily have happened on the day, if you know what I mean. You know, uh, you know, Civil could have snuck it, Spartans did sneak it, and a draw could easily have happened. So it was one of them. Spartans, what my neutral said, uh, Dishington, one of the standout players for Spartans, and he pops up with a winner. It was something that we mentioned. Dishington stepping up in big games. Well, he's done it there. Took his goal really well. Great finish across the goalkeeper. And then Spartans coming with three points. Big win for them, backed up two poor results the previous two weeks. So big three points for Spartans that come. Massive, massive. And to be fair, they um is it the beat um or who did they beat one nil uh, just before, which I think would have just been the palate cleanser that they needed, uh, because yeah. the performance and the performance in the previous two games wasn't good enough. They beat a right good civil sign. I mean, it's great to see both of them where they are and challenging the top and that's that's an excellent result for Spartans first and foremost to go there and pick up the three points it's it was imperative that they put on a show um, put in a performance sorry to get there I think yeah judging by the reports it was one of those that depending on which camp you heard from it was one of one of th- uh, three ways so I think Cyril will be disappointed. Of course, you're not want, you're never wanting to lose to your rivals, and especially at home, it would have hurt. But they bounced back really well last night, like away at Stirling Uni to win two ones, so they may bring themselves right back into level points with Spartans. So it's it's one of those that I think that that will eke away the rest of the season. The two of them will nip at each other, and you know I'm already looking forward to. To the return leg, and hopefully, this the return leg is if it's a you know, <laughs> taking picture. Sorry, um, and hopefully, I can uh, attend that one or yeah. at least. No, I think, yeah, hopefully, by then, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to, to get there. I don't think we'll keep that one free the diary, but yeah, I think, as I said, bang on, regardless of what camp you were in, uh, you think you should have taken something for the game or deserve more from the game, depending on, on what camp you're in. But a uh, couple of decisions, Cal, we've, we've seen back. Yeah, Civil could have had, maybe had a penalty, maybe a goal chopped off. Swings and roundabouts, because I've not seen it, but I've also heard that, or or seen reports that Spartans also were denied maybe a handball of their own. So, yeah, these things happen over the course of the game. But I think, like you said there, Cam, 
massive game last night for, for Civil. And that, for me, was a vital. They picked up three points. That was a huge three, three, three points. They come with a disappointing Derby defeat, one that they would have probably really aimed at, really wanting to take something from, didn't take anything from. To back that up last night, away to still in uni, it has been a difficult place to go, I think, in the past for, for, for Civil. So that was a really, really good three points. Um, yeah, yeah, if you speak more about that game from Civil's point of view, Calm, that was a massive three points for them last night. Oh, huge, huge. And, you know, uh, that's my, my former university, you know, but it was, it was great to see. I, I love a reaction. So great to see people losing it or getting beat off civil. I love that. Uh, I think that, look, by all accounts, they probably did deserve more at the game, Southern United, but huge, huge game to go there uh, because I think not just civil, but I think Gary Jardin teams have struggled away at Stirling Uni from time to time. Uh, I think that, well, what was it, two years ago? I was always think Sports Bank a really difficult place to go. I, I know, that, I think they're buying on camp. I always found Fourth Bank, regardless if that was Stirling Uni or Stirling Albion, when playing there, I have to say it was always, it was always a tough place to go. Always, ain't you right? Ah, so I just think that to bounce back so excuse me to bounce back from the Derby defeat with that performance that especially away from home it's massive for Civil it means that they can you know they can already the game has gone against Spartans and they can look ahead yeah. with that yeah yeah and for Spartans perspective you're right Cam I forgot about the Cumbernauld game actually that Tuesday to back that up with the win of Derby kind of six points I still think personally maybe a couple of points behind schedule I still think with the start they've had, personally. Yes. However, in saying that, it's been a real, it's been a decent start to the season. I think, as I've said, that they're they're in there. They're not far off. They're in touching distance. Something we've said was really important that Spartans do, and it's important that they do this across, you know, over the course of the season because second place or even third place might still be enough to be the playoff team at the end of the season. So you've just got to hang in there. Um, mm-hmm. Ball. Bullock, you know, Michael Ball, a player that we've mentioned in time over, over the podcast, um, was signed as that real figure at centre-half. And I think it's proven out. It's actually a tweet I've seen. I don't know if it was maybe tongue-in-cheek, maybe a friend of Ball's. But, you know, he gets set off in the East Stirling game. The following game, obviously, he's suspended. They lose to Cali Braves. But the games that he's come back, they've picked up maximum points. A real key figure for Spartans at centre-half. That experience there... Um, just shows you, you know, something again. It just really shows you when one player's missing, what the impact of that might have. You know, imperative for them actually. Yeah, I mean, I think exactly what you're saying is experience is absolutely what's needed, especially with um, because oh, was it uh, Adam Corbett left last season and um, mm. was uh, Steny. So at the back, you know, Mikey Allen is young, Kev Waugh young. So I think that. Having follow is exactly what Spartans need. And clearly, with the performances the last two games, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. Spartans there in league action, and it's a biggie. It's a it's a biggie, and it's. I've been thinking this one through my head, Cal. It's kind of that Scotland Austria sort of pre-match idea, because all discussions were: is it a must not lose? Or is it a or is it a must win? And see if I'm honest, Tom, 
I'm putting this in the must-win camp. I really am. Because I'm seeing you the opportunity, having beat teams around you, you know, civil last week, good result against Cumbernauld, the importance of putting momentum this season, as I've said, second or third might be good enough to be the playoff team. I think a statement win against East Kilbride this weekend, I think almost, almost puts them done. I think they're done. I think if, if East Kilbride win and they win their games in hand, they're only four points behind Spartans. Spartans win this type, Spartans win this game. You're looking at a, a much bigger gap than that. I, I really am putting this in the must win. I, I'm not must win, but it's certainly more a must win than a must not lose for me, Cam. Yeah, I think that they've got to match Civil's result out there. Mm. Match up better, you know. Like, so either win by more than one goal, but minimum, it's a win. I would agree with you. I think that the start that East Pride have had, they've not set the header alight. I think yeah. they're there. And if Spartans don't go out there and get the, the three points, then it's one of those that you worry about the knock-on effect of East Bride getting that little bit of perhaps momentum, pushing on, and then all of a sudden, they are, you know, breathing down Spartan's neck, you know, yeah. pushing, sorry, putting pressure on Bonnerick. Yeah, and listen, someone's dropping points this weekend because Rangers play Bonnerick. And that, for me, is another reason why this could be a huge three points. You come in at full time on Saturday, I've been picking up three points away at K-Park, and you come in and you know that somebody above you has dropped points. That, for me, is a big, big carrot. And that's, for me, why I'm putting this right up at a, a, a real... Like I say, not an absolute must win, but certainly, it's certainly three points. Be a huge three points for me. Civil Cup action. Um, cup action. Uh, Newton Grange, a team that actually played a few years ago, Calm, I think they actually lost in the end 2 1, maybe. I think if my memory serves me right. Uh, weather not atrocious. Yeah, I think the weather was horrific. I think I do recall that. Um, a much different Newton Grange side. I think they're at that time, I think they were on, you know, they were. A decent doing, doing decent at the time and, and maybe the, in the East of Scotland at that time probably in their first year in it to be quite honest whereas this season struggling struggling bottom of the Premier I think they've lost nine drawn three I think when we came in um, so still will go into this favourites but uh, again you just don't know because it's not a team you play regular but you've got to think that, that Civil will go into this as favourites You've got to, you've got to, but I think that, you know, I think it was, was it 3-2 after extra time or something like that? Mm-hmm. Down there. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure but, um, but I want to say that was Fozzie playing for Newton Gaines at the time? I don't know why that's in my head, but I'm just, I, I don't know. But I think, I think that it's a, it's a tough game, you know, because cup games are away from home. I think that, Yes, yeah, Civil will go in as favourites. And I tell you, it'd be nice if Civil actually put together a wee run in the Cups, because that's something we've not had uh, during our time, really. Um, I think they won a Cup just before we they, we started. Yeah. And I've done awful in Cup since. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good point, Cam. Yeah, Cup runs have never really been overly kind. Um, or either they just do that or they just maybe... It's like fair the league, maybe I don't know, but you're right, Calm. They've never really got to a semi, or, or I can't even remember many quarterfinals, even really, Calm. Um, not really, so that's a good point, actually. Good point. So, a break in league action in the lone league, apart from obviously Spartans, big game for them, so exciting times. And um, like briefly on City before we get to our predictions, obviously, 
no game last week. They were able to rest. But really interesting game for them this weekend. Stranraer, uh, long way. Jeez, oh, I remember being there. It's a lot further than you think. <laughs> you get to air and you think, oh, we're no far. Oh, believe me, it takes a long time from air to get to Stranraer. Yeah, it's a horrible journey, that. Um, but it's a big game because they face Stranraer, who are below them in the league, but only one point in it. So, big game for me. Really is. I think I think they have to get their first away points of the season here. Um, you know, obviously signed Ryan Shanley permanently, so that's you know a bit of a boost to the club. I think that yeah, they've got to they've got to get something from this game because they are still in that sort of position where it can go either way. So I mean, if they win this, then they're right in their playoffs or thereabouts, and that for me is massive. Well, there, there, there are two games at home, two wins. Yeah. But away has been away two defeats. Away, it's three defeats, no goals scored. Yeah. You know, it's really, you know, to, to use another cliche, I mean, it's the tail, tail of two. But it's the form. And away you know, form has, yeah, and away form has to change, Cam. It has to get better because, you know, I think uh, Catch-Up got in touch. They maybe heard that Middle Bank could be available in the next maybe, couple of months. But you don't know how the team are going to react when they go to Meadowbank. Meadowbank not might just might not become instantly, uh, you know, feel like home again. So away form has to change. It might be a bit bedding in. You can't rely on the home form, and it might not be your full time home for the course of the season. So yeah, away form has to improve. The away form has to improve because the home form could take a dip, and if yeah. the home form a dip, then all of a sudden we're down a certain peak and without a certain battle. So. I think that right now it has to be a, a performance, and I, I don't like to use the term, but it's a must not lose. It's a must not lose for me. Yeah, I, I agree, Cal. Must not lose a point away from home would be a good start. It would certainly be a good start away from home. Like, get a goal away from home would be nice. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, right. Predictions. Um, where are we, Cal? Updates. I, I don't. I can't imagine that being a big. I can't imagine that being a high scoring week. No, well, I've not. I've not sent the results yet because um, I've just been under in the new job. But um, I'll do that actually tonight after I finish this. Um, but no, I mean I, I picked up three points last week because I got three results because um, mm-hmm. I need to draw, and I always back to Scotland to win. So mm-hmm. you know, there you go. Um, I, I don't think any people had Scotland to get a result in Austria. Uh, no. But I think I'm still top. The last table that I saw, I was still top, but that was after the like Hibs Livingston. I didn't have the the games from this weekend, so I've not published it. But yeah. really, because it's not the most up to date. But yeah. I, what I want to do is give a wee shout out to someone that plays predictions every week, Stevie Tate, who is going to be coming up against Civil. We think if it is the same Stevie Tate that is on the New England Star website. So, Stevie, if it is you, um, you know, I'll be interested to see his prediction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very true. Very true. Otherwise, if it's a Stevie Tate, listen, someone has definitely stolen your identity and is playing for Newton Grange because they're, right. gone, they're the same age as you and uh, they must live in the Lothians. So, I mean, unless, I mean, you know, Stevie Tate, up to be fair, it is quite a popular name, you think. So, <laughs> maybe not. Right. Okay. Callum predictions. Um, Hearts, Hibs? 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with what I've been thinking over the past days, and I'm going to go 2-0 Hearts. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking 2-0, 2-1, so I'll, I'll go 2-1 I'll go Hearts, actually. Yeah. Uh, Stranor City? Uh, Desmond. I'm going to go Desmond there. Okay. Yeah, I'll go 1-1. Yeah. EKV Spartans? Spartans 2-1. Don't let me down, boys. Yeah, I think this needs to be... Yeah, I don't back many teams going through to Cape Park in the past, but I'm actually going to go for it this time. Come on, Spartans. He's in big games for... Well, <laughs> yeah, OK, OK. Well, I believe them this time. Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go Spartans 2-1. Yeah. Edinburgh Uni v Herit Watt Uni. The big derby, of course, this weekend. 3-0 Edinburgh Uni. Mm, I think this could go... I think this could go to extra time, actually, if that's even a thing. I'm going to go Desmond. Desmond? Yeah. Okay. And Newton Grange v Civil. 4-1 Civil. Yeah, I'll go 3-1 Civil. Cam, I was going to do uh, a combined Hibs Hearts 11, because I've seen that was going around the social media today, but well, I think we're kind of been running out of time there, so I think we're going to have to leave that. But... To be fair, I'm, I'm slightly glad that we might be running out of time, because, in my opinion... See, when the BBC does that, that sort of thing, I'm just like, no. Nah. Why? Why? That's, that, is the equivalent, that is the equivalent of a half-and-half half scarf, right? Who cares if you would put a joint... Who cares if you would have them in your team? It doesn't matter. Pick your... Like, see if they just pick your Hibs team, pick your Hearts team. Understandable. Why do we need to force them together and try and do this nonsense? Get it in the bin, along with half-and-half half scarves and everything else that... Sh- <laughs> VR? Nah, VAR stays oh, at Tuesday night. Keep that international level. Keep that international <laughs> level. I love it. Um, <laughs> Just for Scotland games. And only uh, if it goes our way. Absolutely. Uh, uh, no going for us. Get it in the bin. Correct. That, there's the title there. That's the title right there, lads. If it's no going for us, get it in the bin. Okay. Thanks for listening. That was Callum and Andrew. And that was this week's Embra Football Podcast.